Anybody can start a business, but it takes skill and tenacity to build something that will last. I'm Latasha Nicole, that startup girl, and my job is to help you build a business that is profitable and sustainable. I'm inviting my friends who are entrepreneurs that have walked the walk and are willing to share their journeys with you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Conversations with That Startup Girl, the podcast. Hello, 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 hello. I am Latasha Nicole, That Startup Girl, and welcome to this week's episode of Conversations with That Startup Girl, where I talk to my female entrepreneurial friends, and we share this journey with you all, guys. Um, We talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, the things that we did not expect, the things that were positive that we didn't expect, and we definitely share those challenges that we've had. The purpose of the podcast is to provide information and insight and education, and so I'm always looking for people who I think can bring that to you all. And this week is no different. I am talking to Miss Alexis Brown of Koality Nails. And Alexis and I actually met, I believe it was on Facebook, definitely through a mutual client that I have. And I really enjoy her energy. I enjoy her work. Even had an opportunity to host an event at her beautiful nail studio. So before we get into the conversation about Alexis and her journey, I am going to pass the mic over to Alexis and allow her to introduce herself. So Alexis, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so yes, um, my name is Alexis Brown and I started Quality Nails about two and a half years ago now after not being able to find a nail technician that can do my nails the way that I wanted them done. And also because I was not able to find an African-American nail tech that specialized in UV based gels. Um, so my primary goal has been to give people high quality nails. Um, I also want to be able to provide my clients with a more convenient experience, more one-on-one personal time, give them the opportunity to escape their daily hustle and bustle of life. And then by providing them a convenience where my clients usually visit me anywhere from three to four weeks, maybe even longer, and not the traditional two, because a lot of my clientele are working professionals, moms, teachers, nurses. So I don't want people to have to spend excessive amount of time in the nail shop, but I also Mm. want them to be able to have nice nails that last. And even if they can't make it after that second week, their nails still look good. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. I love that. I definitely love that. Um, Because one of the things that we talked about before me and some of my girlfriends, you know, going to get your nails done, going to get your hair done, all of that stuff, it's nice, it's beautiful at the end, but that process is not always fun. Like, you don't always have the time. I went, I remember I stopped going to like the traditional hair salons where there were multiple stylists in there because I would be in there way too long. Most likely full-time shift. Yeah, and (laughs) who got time for that on your day off? You're spending your whole day at the hair salon, right? So I am definitely glad to hear that you've been able to provide, you know, an experience for your clients, convenience for your clients, that the client is in mind. And I did notice that when I was in your space, I remember you made a comment, you know, the people that were there, my guests and I, we noticed like just how feminine and how well put together the space was. And you, your comment was, well, I serve women. And I have to make sure that this place is conducive for women. And I love that. I definitely love that. So what I wanted to touch on from your introduction was that you said you started your business because you couldn't find somebody to do the service that you wanted. And then you also mentioned about you more more specifically, you couldn't find an African-American to do the services that you wanted. So let's talk a little bit about that. Tell me how that journey went from struggling to find somebody to just saying, you know what, I'm going to just do it myself. That's how my personality is. If I want something done, I (laughs) I 
if I can't find it, then I'll do it myself. But the reason why it was so difficult for me to find a nail tech to do my nails the way that I had seen on like Instagram, Pinterest, is because of the way my nails grow. And since I've been a nail tech, I've learned that there are so many different types of nails, but mine specifically, my nails actually grow up. So anytime I would visit, like they grow on a, they call them ski slope nails, which means they literally grow, I mean, grow upwards. And so for me, if I will go to a traditional nail shop, they will put my nail tips on in the way that my nail actually grows. So now, um, I don't know a better word, but they would, my nails would look wonky because they would just be growing up and nobody knew how to quote unquote master that curvature in my nail. And so to me, it wasn't aesthetically pleasing to the eye. And I'm like, okay, well, I know that this isn't how its nails are supposed to look. So then that's when I started getting into the researching of, you know, nail foundation, building an apex, how nails grow. Um, there are people who nails grow downward. So you, whenever you're building out the nails, you have to counteract that curvature to get a mm. nail with a solid foundation. So especially with acrylic. So when I first started, I was actually working out of my mom's garage because of the smells the of, smell. of the acrylic. <laughs> the acrylic, yes, so, ma'am. Ma, I was living with my mom and she was like, no, ma'am, you may not do that in the house. Uh, so I was practicing in the garage and it was the middle of summer. I, it had to be maybe the end of June, beginning of July. So it's hot. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to sit out here in the garage. I love to, I'm loving learning this process, but I can't do this in the garage because it's unbearable. It's hot. I can't, it's too hot. hot. It's too Mm -hmm. hot. So then that's when I started doing back to square one. I'm looking into other alternatives, low odor monomers. I'm looking into uh, poly gel systems. And then I came across uh, the liquid gel system. And I was like, okay, I can deal with this because um it gives me gel is viscous so it is it moves slow and it gives you an opportunity to work so at that point I was like okay well I can take this back inside the house there are going to be no odors and then I can also still work without causing any issues Um, so let me ask this at this time were you already a nail tech or were you just getting your nails done and you were just like it's gotta be a better way and you just got it to become Okay, so technically I am licensed cosmetologist. So I did, I uh, went to cosmetology school back in 2010. I graduated in 2011 and I got licensed as a licensed cosmetologist mm-hmm. in 2014. Um, so because I am a cosmetologist, I can still work on nails. It just okay. wasn't an extensive amount of training that a nail tech would use. Our chapter, I believe, was maybe about a week long. Okay. So um, it wasn't a lot, but I am able to work um, as okay. a cosmetologist. Um, okay, so you were already a cosmetologist, but then yeah. you decided to focus yeah. on the nails. Gotcha. Yes. yes, ma'am. Okay, that's good to know too. And also, and I'll, I'll we can get back to it, but I did want to touch on a couple things that I thought were important too. Is that I know that you said you went to cosmetology school, but I also saw on social media that you got some degrees too, right? So you <laughs> you made a couple pivots in education. Absolutely, I have because I you never know what is you're not going to know what you like until you try so yes initially (laughs) I started out after high school I did college for about one or two semesters um and then I left school I went to cosmetology school and then when I got done with that then I went back to college and I got my bachelor's in business management so yes that is correct okay so take us back. So you figured out how to get the your, your your nail service that you can do in the house where you can practice on. And so you start working on the gel nails. Yes. Okay. So initially I came across, um, there's a system, a full coverage based system called um, Gel X. I also came across a company by the name of Luminary Nail Systems. And both of these systems are um, gel based systems. Um, they're both soft gel. So when I first started working with gel, 
I started with the full coverage tips just so that I can understand proper structuring. Then I got certified in it as well. Um, and then the same thing with Luminary. I got certified in their program and I was able to learn how they App their, how their application works for their products. So I have had additional training in those systems as well. Okay. But it wasn't okay. necessarily all on my own. I did go to the manufacturers or the companies themselves and then I did get additional training from them. Yes. Okay. So you are, so I've seen your work. You do amazing work. So whether it was self-taught, taught from the manufacturer, taught in school, you've mastered it. You've mastered it. Mm -hmm. And one thing, you're welcome. And one thing that I will say also is that, and this is important from our previous conversation, actually a couple of previous conversations that I've had on the show, you mm -hmm. decided that jail nails, right? That's the correct term, right? Jail nails? Yes, ma'am. Mm -hmm. That's all that you do. You yes. don't do acrylics. You don't do pedicures. You don't do ma regular manicures. That is correct. Yes. Okay. Tell us about that. How did you come to that conclusion? Because a lot of people scared to do that. So uh, deciding to only focus on jail is because of the odors and because of me doing research and I was hearing a lot of clients complain that they were allergic to acrylic. Anytime they would go to the nail shop, they would have uh, skin reactions to the monomer from being placed on their nails. Whereas in jail, you really, you absolutely do not touch the skin at all. So that was taking that into mind. And then um, it was also the fact of it jail is a more no i'm sorry acrylic is more dense on the nail which means it's heavier which okay. for me i do want to focus on having more natural looking nails um for my clients and i my clients do appreciate having those nails because acrylic can get thick if you have not mastered it and it can look not so natural on the hands themselves okay but with me deciding not to do a base the basic manic the basic gel manicures is because of the longevity so like i said my clientele they usually visit me anywhere from three four maybe five or six weeks and their nails are still fully intact whereas when you just do a basic gel manicure it's not you're not guaranteeing that longevity in the uh nail service itself because when water hits nails, they become flimsy. So that's when you get those cracks, those chips and those breaks. And I want to be able to guarantee my work and I want to be able to guarantee longevity. So yes, I have eliminated basic gel manicures off of my menu because I know they don't last as long as a structured manicure would. Mm, that's good too. And also something else to speak about. And this will be useful, I think for our listeners too. So you offer a service that is very simplified. You offer a specific service and you offer something that is built to last. Yes. Yet this is your full business. Now that also can get a little scary too because, so now you don't have the customers coming back as often. Your customers visit you, you said between four, usually about four or five weeks. So that's a month in between visits. Yes. How did you structure your business so that it still made financial sense? Because even though based on the amount of distance in between your customers. So when it came to my price point, um, it got to where essentially I charged the same amount that you would visit a traditional nail shop in two weeks. So the running average price, I would say for a traditional nail shop every two weeks may be around $35, $40. So mm -hmm. with that, it's similar. However, except paying $35 on the first week and then two weeks later you paying $35 the second visit um with the one month visit I would charge that to collect okay, so you'll do basically the double that makes sense yes. that makes perfect sense I was just talking um yesterday I got my eyebrows ombre eyebrows the tattooed brows Right. And my husband was asking about the price and I was like, well, this eliminates the need to go get them done regularly. So this price makes sense in the long run. Exactly. Yes, ma'am. It's the value in the service. Oh, good words. Value in the service. Okay. <laughs> Look at that. And, and you do stick by it. And I love that. I think your priority and this could be what sets you apart. Well, it definitely sets you apart. But I don't know if you chose to do that intentionally, but 
setting you apart, making sure that you provide, even the name of your company, actually, it you provide a quality service and a quality experience for your customers. So it's not just them coming to a quick drive-by nail service. They're actually getting a relaxing, high-quality experience when they come to you. And yeah. I think, and you tell me if I'm wrong, I think that that helps to sell your business. Yes, it definitely does. Because that's one of the things my clients always say. Um, they have to go back more frequently or within two or three days because a nail has broken already. And that's not something that I want my clients to experience at all. Mm-hmm. I want them to trust and know that when they walk out of my shop, their nails are going to be good for the next three or four weeks. Absolutely. Yeah. That, and, and busy women, you know, if you have a busy life, you're a mom, you're working, you don't have time. I mean, even though you want to, you don't have time to necessarily go to get your nails done every couple of weeks or anything done every couple of weeks, right? That's why we're seeing a lot of people going natural hair or braids or locks because your time is limited and we're choosing how we spend it. So exactly. I think that's, that's definitely good. Um, and I think your clients appreciate it, I'm sure. And you found a way to make it work. And so that kind of brings us to what I wanted to bring you on about is I know that when you first started doing the nail service and when you first started, you were not doing this full time. You actually were working a job and doing nails around your job. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. And how long did you do that for? For about 18 months. Um, When I first decided to go into a suite, it was January of 2019. So no, I'm sorry, January of 2020, right? Like literally right before the pandemic. Um, okay. And so I worked Monday through Friday from eight to 4.30. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I would work in the evenings doing nail. So I would only take maybe one client around 6.15. So I would get off at 4.30. That would give me time to collect myself and uh, travel to the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on Saturdays and Sundays, those were my full day. So yes, I literally worked seven days a week for about 18 months. Um, I never really had an off day. Ooh, I, that's the hustle. It, it was definitely a hustle, but... <laughs> I learned so much and I learned that I could do it. If, if push come to shove, I can definitely do it. And my, and that's why I was also able to build my clientele. While you were working your job. Yes, Mm ma'am. So would, would you recommend that route? If it is feasible for your lifestyle? Yes. I know that working two and three jobs can be difficult for someone. Um, And honestly, I did not start my nail career until after I completed my bachelor's because I wasn't able to do work, part-time job, full-time school. So it it definitely, me doing nails definitely had to wait until I completed school first. And then Mm -hmm. I was able to focus that time. But if you can make it work for your schedule. Um, For me personally, weekends, I really wasn't, before I started doing nails, I wasn't really doing anything anyway. So now I was like, okay, well, let me start perfecting my craft. And so I would use my weekends to work. And during that time, that's when I had like my guinea pigs and I would test out. (laughs) Those besties who come and come on, let me try this on you. Yeah, you need that. Absolutely. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. So I definitely think that it is a good idea to practice your craft. And Mm -hmm. what I also think that um, a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs out here now, especially again, I talk a lot about the barrier to entry being low. A lot of people are jumping into entrepreneurship and they don't have a job or they don't have any income saved up. And I think when you go into it, with with, this is the only thing you have and you gotta eat you operate from a different space than when you have that cushion in the background Mm -hmm. and so you get you get that opportunity like you said to grow and to learn and to try some things and to charge accordingly because when you're just starting you can't charge people what you charge today Right. (laughs) And people think, but people think they can do that. You know, you, they see what Alexis is charging and they want to come out of school, fresh out of nail school, no clients, no, you know, reputation. They're like, she charging this. I want to charge that too. And then the quality of service isn't good, you know, but 
they're doing that because they don't have any additional income. So I think it was very smart of you to kind of step yourself up to it. So how did you make the decision? Like, okay, that's enough of work. I'm going full time and we gonna make this happen. So when I decided to go full time as a nail tech, I was absolutely terrified. I bet. <laughs> absolutely terrified just because I was... I was stuck on not having clients on my weekdays. So mm -hmm. for me, by the time I decided to go full-time, I did have a waiting list. I did have a waiting okay. list. So that made it a bit easier when I did become full-time. Okay. Um, I did have a lot of people referring me and telling people, oh, my, my friend wants to um, get serviced by you, but you don't have any appointments. And I am just telling them like, well, at right now at this moment, I can't because I'm, I'm still working. So once my, my wait list got so filled, I said, okay, I am literally going to step out on faith. And okay. that is what I did. And it actually ended up working out so well for me because I didn't realize that there were also so many entrepreneur women who don't work a traditional nine to five and that's something that I so they had time during the day ah. exactly. <laughs> and that's not that's not something that I even considered because me I work Monday through Friday I was off on weekends so for me it wasn't feasible for me to go to the nail shop in the middle of the day however a lot of my clients especially like my clients that work in doctor's offices they have Wednesday, Thursday off in the middle of the mm -hmm. day and they work weekends and they work nights. So they are available in those daytime morning. So for me at that time, it definitely worked. It worked. Okay. That makes sense. That's very helpful because I know for me, like you said, full-time entrepreneurship, I love going to get stuff done on Tuesday morning at, at 10 o'clock. Hopefully everybody else is at work and I can get in and get my own services where on the weekends, it's a crunch. It's a crunch because so many people are off on the weekends and they are trying to all get fit in. So that, that worked out for you. I'm glad that you found like your, your good space of client and audience that was able to fill up your schedule like that. Yes, ma'am. And it, I can't honestly say it was from being consistent. Uh, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to social media, social media has been a ginormous help for me. And it's also given me a platform so people can see my work and mm -hmm. my clients, either whether they're old or new, you know, I always ask, you know, can I take pictures? And a lot of people are viewing my picture and they're telling me like, the reason why I came to you is because I saw your work and I saw so many pictures and I saw so many ideas um, I, that made me feel comfortable deciding to choose you as my nail tech. Social proof, that's so good. And also consistency is critical, especially on social media, because we need to be able to see that you are who you say you are and you do what you say you do. And I think you've done it in such a way that well, and I may be wrong, so tell me if I am, but in a way that it doesn't feel like a chore, right? Because social media can be a lot. They want you doing reels and dancing and voiceovers <laughs> and all yes. that, but you don't do that, right? <laughs> I, I'm not dancing, but yeah. <laughs> it, it can it can be very overwhelming. Some, and I mean, for anybody, I even get stuck in those days where I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to post today. I don't want to... I don't want to create videos. I don't want to create content. But then honestly, I've started to find joy in doing it because I'm like, oh my God, all of these different angles. Yes, the music, the transitions, these things are appealing to the eye. And that that's first my goal as a nail technician to make nails aesthetically pleasing to the eye. But now I've gotten into a creative space where I'm like, okay, so if I'm seeing it from these angles, other people will see it from these angles and they may enjoy it just as much as I do. Okay, okay, good for you because I'm still with this social media. I'm like, I just, I can't, I need to hire somebody because it's a lot, it, it, it really is, it's a lot. And I think it may be easier for someone like yourself who are doing nails regularly. So you have continuous content to be able to pull from because- you, you know, you're doing different nails, maybe a couple different nails a day, different styles, there's large variety. So that's wonderful. But for the average person, it's just, it's just a lot. It's a lot that they asking of us out here in these TikTok streets, like, oh my goodness. 
it, it's, <laughs> it's like you said, it's literally a full-time job. It is. It you is choreography. You got to learn videography, Listen, editing and software, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah. So, with that being said, when you came out into entrepreneurship for the first time, when you were scared, shaking in your boots, you quit your job, and now you, you move it into your own space. If you can go back to that time and give yourself a piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Oh, wow. That is an excellent question. Ooh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what would I tell myself a year ago today? Trust the process. Mm, Keep that's going. Good. Yes, it, it definitely. And just like... I mean, I can't say it enough. Consistency is key. Just keep doing exactly what you're doing and trust the process. That's so good. Keep showing up and understanding that some days are going to be better than others, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, as entrepreneurs, we've had experiences where, you know, one time, one month, you might make, I don't know, $10,000 a month. And then the next month you make $10 and you don't know which way it's going to go for real, right? You don't know if it's going to continue to be high or continue to be low, um, we've, ever, we've always had, I, it, it's a journey. That's the best way to explain it. Like it is a journey. I think I remember briefly in your story where the space where you are right now, you had gotten another space just a little bit before that and you had to make a, a pivot, right? Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was, that, was, that was, it was definitely a, an unusual time for me because I was actually me moving into the moving out of the so okay so I initially started in a hair salon with um one of the ladies that I went to cosmetology school with she opened up her own salon and so after a year she decided to let the salon go so it was kind of abrupt okay Um, so I did, because I never want to put all my eggs in one basket, I did find a few different locations that I felt comfortable putting in the application. And the, actually, the space I'm in now, I actually found it on Craigslist. And mm. it's scary, right? Yeah. <laughs> Very scary. About that. Right. <laughs> so... I'm grateful and I obviously I was very cautious, but um it did check out and it's actually been a wonderful and I've literally just celebrated my um uh, first year, full year of being in that space. But yes, in that time from September to October, I, we literally made two different two full complete moves to two different locations. So it was a lot in trying to make sure I'm juggling my clients. I'm not inconveniencing them, but I'm also giving them a space where they're comfortable and it's also comfortable for me as well. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And we have to do that. I love that you said you made sure that your clients were comfortable, that you didn't kind of you had to keep all the balls in the air even when life was going crazy. And that's kind of part of it, right? Life will life. <laughs> It will like that's me. Listen, it's gonna lie for sure. And either you're gonna figure it out and keep it moving, or you're gonna get stuck somewhere. So it's it's one of those things where as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, that you have to be really into it. You have to be all into this thing. And I don't even know, and you can correct me if I'm wrong again as it relates to you, but sometimes it no, 90% of the times it's about more than the money. Like we want to get paid for sure, but the money is not because it's easy to go back and get a job. You know what I mean? If you want to go get, you know, at that point where you were in between spaces where the salon closed and you're like, oh, what am I going to do now? You could have easily went and got a job, but you decided to keep going in this way. And yeah, it was definitely keeping faith, keep faith alive because it was a very trying time. Um, But I'm just, I'm grateful that it worked out mm-hmm. the way that it did. Yes, ma'am. I agree. And congrats on that. Mm-hmm. So if you had to say something was like a big, I don't want to use, I'm going to use the word failure for lack of a better word, but failure mm-hmm. lesson, oops. What was your biggest thing that you, learning experience or biggest mistake that you think that you made? So I would probably say that my biggest mistake 
that I made was I did not do my, I feel like when I first started out, I didn't do my guinea pig phase long enough. So when I first started, I was using a product that turned out to be not a good product. But at that time I was, I think I was charging maybe 30 or $40, which it may not seem like a lot, but at that time it was a lot to me. Cause I'm like, I know that I, most people can go get nails for 20, $25 mm-hmm. and the product ended up not working as well. And I, and I, and myself, because any product that I bring into my shop, I do thorough research on, not only am I researching, I'm reading, I'm watching videos. I'm, I am an avid review reader. Good. So for me, it was like, I don't want to bring, I don't want to bring products into the space that are not of high quality. So okay. for, in that instance, it was like, okay, Alexis, you're moving too fast. You have to slow down, you take it back down a notch, find a product that works and actually research it. So not only am I researching it, but I'm guinea pigging on my clients and I'm not at this time I wasn't charging the guinea pigs but Mm -hmm. I'm checking in with them every few days how are your nails holding up do you have any issues and some will report back oh I'm good or others will report back um no I'm missing a nail one broke at that point it was like okay I need to refocus on my process and my application because I like I said I'd never want anybody to leave my shop not happy and I don't want them to leave my shop not knowing that their nails are going to last for them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's good so it was so you think it was just moving too fast yes to, mm-hmm. so not doing your due diligence and I can see that being a part of the journey because again we want to get to it we want to get out there and get going and you think sometimes we think we've done enough. We think we've seen enough and we can trust it. But there also comes a time where, okay, what you tried didn't work. And so you have to go back to the drawing board and that's okay. And I want to leave that piece with the audience as well. Like it is okay to have to go back and figure it out again. Don't keep doing something that's not working. Don't keep doing that. Yeah. Because you will live in your mistake and you won't realize that you are making mistakes versus correcting it before it gets out of control. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And that's that's critical. It is really critical to understand don't let it get too far that you can't come back from it. You don't want it to ruin you, your business, your reputation. You can correct a mistake and people will give grace for that. But people won't keep coming back if their nails keep breaking. Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) They'll, I mean, not if they're going to pay, you know, if I'm going to pay, if I have to keep coming back every week, which I don't have time for, I could just go down the street to the local shop on the corner and get that done, you know? So if you're going to be a high quality premium service, you have to operate that way. Yes, absolutely. So what would you say is the most important personality trait or uh, strength that somebody would need to be successful either in entrepreneurship or specifically in your industry? What do you think it would be? In my field specifically, it's always going to be customer service. Okay. Um, That's a lost art. Yes. (laughs) Very much so. Very much so. Very much so a customer service is a lost art because like you said, People just want to get paid, but I always tell anybody that sits in my chair, I've literally sat on the opposite side. I've been a client. So if I'm paying Mm -hmm. for something, I want to make sure that I'm paying for and I'm getting my money's worth. But Mm -hmm. a lot of times that does get lost in translation because people like, I, I hear horror stories about hairstylists, about braiders, and it's just like, I understand your emotions when you are faced with a difficult client, but at the end of the day, you want to provide them with a service that's going to want them to come back. And then once again, if something is wrong, fix it before they leave. Just mm-hmm. get it, fix it now. Cause then at that point, it's like you now you're becoming an inconvenience to your inconvenience to your client because now they have to take time out of their day. They have to travel. You don't know what they're driving or their car situations may be. And so now they have to figure out a way to come back to you when you could have fixed it the first time before they left out your salon in the first place. So for me, customer service is a 
adamant thing that I believe that every entrepreneur should have in some way, form or fashion, because at some time you're going to be talking to a, another person that wants either your service or your product. So it's best to have customer service skills. Yes, that's good. That customer service will make a world of difference. People will pay extra for good service Absolutely. Um, just because they're being treated well. I know some of the stores that we go to, I had a conversation with on another podcast about this. There are some stores where you can return their items forever. No questions asked, no you know, and those are the kind of stores that you want to spend your money in because that means they stand behind what they offer to you. Absolutely. They stand behind their brand. And that's that's good. That's very good. So I'm going to ask this question. But based on what you just said, uh, I probably can guess your answer. But <laughs> in business, as you're as you're the business owner, are you following or what do you consider first, the rules or the customer? Mm. Wow. Another good question. <laughs> That's an excellent question. That's not mine. I got that one from, I was at a conference with a bunch of entrepreneurs and they asked that question and I was like, That's a good question. Question. So when it comes to policy, yes, I do have my policies laid out. Um, I do have terms and condition when booking an appointment with me. However, there are instances that were, like I said, life lives and it's out of our control. So there have been instances where I will waive a late fee or I will reschedule a client because they had an untimely, unexpected family emergency. At mm -hmm. that point, it's like, yes, I'm showing that compassion for my client because I know this client has been good to me. This client returns to me. This is not, this is a one-off situation where they weren't able to make their appointment or they weren't able to make their appointment on time. Mm -hmm. However, if when it then it when it comes to become abuse, where you like, oh, I'm always late for my appointment, then I can't waive the wait late fee anymore. Oh, mm -hmm. um, I I woke up late for my appointment today, but now not only are you inconveniencing me, you're inconveniencing you're the, the rest the rest of my day. Yes, my day off. So yes, you can definitely. I mean, and it does. It definitely comes with feeling engaging your clients. Um, their situation, what's going on. And then communication is essential between any client and any service provider because I'm not a mind reader. So if you let me know what's going on, I can probably work with you versus you just not showing up. And then it's just crickets. At that point, then it's like, okay, you're not respecting me. You're not respecting mm -hmm. me. And you're not respecting my other clients. So then at that point, it's like, yes, I do have to enforce policy. The policy. Did you have... Um did you have a lot of situations where it became necessary to implement or enforce policy or have you always just had policy from the very beginning? I've always had some type of policy. I can say that my policy is a little bit more strict now because of the experiences that I've had. But when it comes to things like paying a deposit, yes, I've always had that as a policy. Um, when it comes down to like my rescheduling limits, I've always had that as a policy because if you give me, especially when I had a waiting list, for instance, um, if you communicate with me and you say, hey, Alexis, I can't make my appointment tomorrow um, or I can't make my appointment in two days, that's perfectly fine. I have no problem rescheduling because at that point I can go to my wait list and I can get that spot filled. Call somebody. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But at that point, that's because I have been made aware of the situation. But if you mm -hmm. just no call, no show, then at this You're point- You're stuck. Yeah. I, I'm very stuck because I can't get somebody here at the drop of a dime. Mm-hmm. So, mm -hmm. I've always had some sort of policy, but as as I have been working these last two and a half um, years, yes, things have changed and things have evolved so that I don't have as many of those no call, no shows. I don't have as many of those um, cancellations within less than a 24 hour notice. So it, it has helped, but it also has changed since I've started. Okay. Yeah. And that makes sense. And I think that it will continue to change. One of my clients always says, you know, your business will tell you what you need and you have to listen to it. So if you do have customers who aren't respecting your time, it could very well be that that's not a good fit for you as a client. Exactly. Because again, you're not, if they don't come, you're still not making any money and they wasted your opportunity to make some money with somebody else. 
I know lots of times now you have the deposits and people have the credit cards on file, but they had to get there. That was not always the case. Exactly. But customers have made it that way for whatever reason. Um, people tend to do what works best for them. So those are good rules. Rule of thumb is to always have your policies in place and understand that policies are ever changing and ever evolving. And if it doesn't work for you, it's okay to change it. It's okay to change the rules. Um, do you, we talked about a little bit of being a people person and a rules person, but have you ever found yourself changing the rules or bending the rules to accommodate something or someone and regretted it later? Yes. Yes. I have. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there was an instance where, okay, so the way my system works, um, I work five days a week. However, I do have the, op I do provide the option to work a six day, which would be a Tuesday for me. I'm off normally Mondays and Tuesdays. However, I will come in on a Tuesday for a service. However, there is an additional fee. So I, at one point I did have a, a potential client reach out to me and inquire about um, getting a Tuesday appointment, I explained to her like, okay, yes, because my other day and time slots don't work for you. I do offer a Tuesday time slot. However, there is an additional charge with this. So, um, I had to send her the direct link to that section of my website that the Tuesday appointments, that's not public, public knowledge. Mm -hmm. that's something <laughs> that I have to send you directly in order for you to book um, and so I sent it to her, she booked an appointment and then within, um, maybe 10 minutes, she canceled the appointment. Um, so I, I kind of didn't think anything of it. However, two or three days later, I got a notification from my service provider, um, uh, platform, my POS system that I was getting a charge back for services not rendered where on my website, in the terms and conditions and everything, it also says there is a non-refundable deposit. So she was attempting mm -hmm. to get deposit back. Um, because she didn't come for her service. Exactly. But mm -hmm. she also didn't reach out to me and say, she had texted me to talk about getting the appointment, but she didn't say, hey, I accidentally canceled. Can you put me back in? Which I would have happily done. Mm -hmm. um, but she didn't even give me the space or the opportunity to do that. So mm -hmm. at that point, I was like, and she filed a chargeback on my business. And that doesn't look good as a business owner mm -hmm. that you're getting chargeback. So at that point, it's like, I don't want you as a client. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and, it was, it, and I can say this completely honestly, she ended up trying to book an appointment a month later. So it's like from that first experience you have now put a bad taste in my mouth I don't want you as a client because if you've done it to me once you would do it to me you'll again. do it again and yeah. that's not that's not the rapport that I want to build with my clientele because I'm I see these women every other uh, every few months I mean every other month no I'm sorry every, every, yeah once a month or I see them once yeah. a month and so you know me and my clients we we have solid relationships relationship. yeah. right. <laughs> I, I know about that with the kids have going on in school it's it's literally a relationship so now I don't I, I can't trust you as a client because now you make me feel like I am obligated <laughs> where I can't trust you so at that point I said I will not do that again. And if it were to happen in the future, it wouldn't happen a second time. I would block and ban that client the first time it happened if they were to do something to me like so, that again. And that's good. That's something you have to learn because sometimes we don't block them and we let them book again and they do the same thing again. Yes. And you get burned and you knew better. And I've been really interesting that you speak on this because I've been really working with following my first mind. Yeah, following my gut on things because whenever I don't, yeah. it always goes bad. You agree? Yes. That's that intuition. Yeah, we gotta follow that intuition, and we don't because I think women, you know, as women and as women business owners, we want to be helpful, and we also do want 
to get the income coming in, but we also have to understand that all money is not, not good money. money. It's not said again. <laughs> all money is not good money. It is not. And that's part of why I think it was really smart of you to keep your job for a little while before you went into your business so that you didn't just have to take any client that came okay. to you. You got to a place where you could say, no, nah, I'm not working today. I'm off. It's seven o'clock. I'm not taking anybody else. Otherwise, you know, when you really need the money, and we all need money, we're nobody's here in business. Just be, we love it, but not we're not doing it just because we love it. But you want to be able to have some type of say so and some type of boundaries and some type of authority yeah. over your business. Mm -hmm. And that's something else to speak about as a, a a creative person, a service provider. How do you manage? managing the business of your business outside of doing your clients nails how do you handle the business of the business you know making sure that you're posting on social media making sure that your invoices are paid that you need to pay and that you got supplies all the time and whatever else that back office looks like how do you do that I try to stay ahead of things that has been my even outside of business just in my personal life I have to stay ahead of stuff because if I fall behind I fall behind it, it's so, so fast it happens so real quick. fast <laughs> so usually like when it comes to my supplies and my products I order I try, if I can't order in bulk I try to order many so I recently had an order for uh say for instance um the primer that I use um at one point in time I was just ordering maybe one bottle a bottle could last me maybe two or three months. Now I'm ordering four bottles because I'm noticing that the more I'm working, the more I'm going through product. So I, like I said, I just try to stay ahead of me and I order in bulk when I can. So like toilet paper, paper towel. And I also use my services. I use Instacart. I use DoorDash. Oh, yes. Using those conveniences. Make it work yes. for you. Yes. <laughs> um, I will definitely DoorDash some paper towels to my salon if I have to, because I won't have the time when I get off to do it but yes definitely taking advantage of those uh services that are available when I can't be available to do them myself yes we have to learn too you don't have to do it all you just have to get it all done and that's how it it works right you're like I don't have to go to the store after I've been here all day let me just spend this and it's not even that much to do DoorDash or Instacart like let me not just go ahead and do this and give myself because you provide a convenience to your clients. So you deserve convenience as well as the service provider and as a woman. So we're going to wrap up. I'm just going to ask just two more questions and, um, and then we'll wrap up. So I do thank you very much. Uh, my first question is, is there anything that I did not ask you that you think that new entrepreneurs or women entrepreneurs or aspiring nail artists nail tech should know yes so we talked about um funds and funding the business a lot initially when i was first starting out and i was still working i if i did have extra income i used that money from my full-time job to fund my part-time hustle so yes. For me, that is something that, like you said, people want to nosedive head first into being a full-time entrepreneur, but sometimes you definitely have to take those baby steps. And if you have to use your job to fund your career, definitely do that. I say that all the time. Your job should be your invest. Let that job take all the trainings they offer, all the free certifications, and use that paycheck to fund your business. Ma'am. I agree with that. That's good advice. So if you're listening and you're thinking about going into entrepreneurship and you're working a full-time job right now, what I suggest, and I believe Alexis seconds this, is that create a exit plan from your job. Save some money, get some things in order. Don't just quit your job. Do not just quit your job and go into business because it's not easy. It is not. And those 30-day bills roll around real fast, <laughs> real fast. <laughs> real quick so make sure you got a little bit of something to cushion you four times when you know business is slow because it will be even for the best businesses it still slows down a bit yes. it may not slow all the way down but it's going to slow down a bit so definitely make sure you're prepared 
And then my final question, Alexis, do you have any books or podcasts or shows or anything that you think were game changing for you and that our listeners should um, take a look at? So, yes. When I first started out, I definitely fell in love with the education from Young Nails. They, I use, I still, to this day, I use a lot of their products. I use their Synergy line. I use their protein bond. And then they also have just so much free education on their YouTube channel where you can just engulf yourself in the nail community. They have a podcast where they talk about price points. They have a podcast talking about how to deal with difficult clients and you can get so much information from Young Nails. Another, um, uh, another company. Her name is Susie and she's from Nail Career Education. She also has a platform on YouTube where she does talk about um, services and trying different methods. Um, Selena Ryder from Light Elegance, she does have excellent, and these are um, nail companies. So Light Elegance um, does have information. I am currently in their jail master bachelor's program. That's in the work for me. and they tell you information about when it comes to like what type of gel lamps to use because a lot of lamps don't cure the same. So yes, there is so much information when it comes to nail tech world and Instagram. Um, there are so many wonderful professionals on there that also give out um, tidbits of information on how someone can protect per, uh, perfect their craft as well. Okay, thank you. So what I want you to do for me, Alexis, too, when we're done, if you could shoot me um, maybe an email or a message with that information so I can put it in the show notes so that the listeners can grab that. Got it. And then before we go, just let everybody know where they can find you, see some of your work. And I know you got a waiting list and all, but if they can squeeze in, how do they do it? <laughs> um, so yes, I can be found on all platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Koality Nails. That's K-O-A-L-A-T as in Tom, E-A-N-A-I-L-Z. And then, I'm sorry, what was the second part of the question? Just how can they find you? So your website and then social media? Yes. So my website is www.koalitynails.com. And then I am not accepting new clients. I am pulling them off of the wait list. You can always shoot me an email with your name and your phone number to waitlist at koalitynails.com. Ooh, she booked them busy, y'all. She said, I gotta, I gotta, you gotta get on a wait list. But that's what happens when you provide quality, consistent service. The clients don't go away. And that's what helps to build a, my dream for people is to build a long-standing, profitable business. And it sounds like Alexis is doing that in the right way. So she's definitely somebody to watch. So make sure to check her out on Instagram. Make sure to visit her website. Thank you so much for your time and for joining Alexis. Thank you ladies for joining. If you are interested in the services available for from me, I do work with women who have businesses between zero to three years old to help them form, register and get their business certified. I do also provide business coaching for women, um, businesses zero to three years old. So from idea to execution, we can help you. Feel free to visit me online at That Startup Girl on Instagram and our company website is That Startup Group. Thank you again for listening in and we will talk to you next week. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. 